Hey, y'all. I'm Jen. I'm a daughter, a sister, an auntie, a niece, a cousin, and a friend. And I love pineapples on pizza, spending all day in Disneyland, shopping for bargains on Amazon, and all things literacy. I'm a Jesus girl. I love people, and I love hearing their stories. In fact, that's what I'm doing here, sharing stories with powerful lessons to encourage us, empower us to keep moving forward, and to remind us that God has our back. I can't wait for you to hear these stories. Why don't you go ahead and join us for a story worth living? I was just thinking, sometimes we don't think our stories are worth telling because we may not think that anyone wants to hear them or that they are even interesting enough to be engaging. We don't think that there's any particular quality or resonance to them. And when we listen to each other's stories, we have to remember that we are enriched and inspired and we learn and we grow. So I'd like to share something from an author by the name of Shauna Nequist. And she says, there are two myths that we tend to believe about our stories. The first is that they're about us. And the second is that because they're about us, they don't matter. But they're not only about us, and they matter more than ever right now. When we, any of us who have been transformed by Christ, tell our stories, we're telling the story of who God is. I bet God has done something in your life that would make our hair stand on end if you told us about it. I bet the story God has written in your life and your home gives voice and breath and arms and legs to the gospel every bit as much as a church sermon ever did. Preaching is important, certainly, but it can't be the only way we allow God's story to be told in our midst. There's nothing small or inconsequential about our stories. There is, in fact, nothing bigger. And when we tell the truth about our lives, the broken parts, the secret parts, the beautiful parts, then the gospel comes to life, an actual story about redemption instead of abstraction and theory. That quote is so powerful to me. And let me assure you that your story is worth telling because it is life-giving and it's a catalyst for change. Your story provides someone with hope. Your story is a powerful example that God can do the impossible. Your story is essential. It is important. It is transformative. Your story is worth living. Which reminds me of a couple stories of my own about finding it within yourself to push against your spaces of comfort when it is absolutely necessary to achieving the odds in life. Well, this happened just last year. I was in Maryland for some annual meetings. For several years, I had been trying to get to the National Museum of African American History and Culture in Washington, D.C. And each year brought its own set of challenges with actually getting there because I had long meetings and the schedule just wasn't conducive to getting down there in time. So many logistical factors that seemed to block my way every time. So this was my year to go. I was so excited. This museum is super popular and it draws scores of visitors on a daily and on weekends so much that it requires tickets 
on the weekends because of the volume of visitors. If you go during the week, you don't need a ticket. Well, the weekend was the only time that I would have the opportunity to go. So I made an effort ahead of time to reserve some tickets even before arriving in Maryland. But that didn't quite work out. I was so disappointed because I felt like my opportunity to go had fallen through the cracks yet again. I had a bit of hope left in me, so I visited the museum's website and I looked for some other options. Well, I found out that if I logged onto the website at 6.30 a.m. of the day that I planned to go, there was a possibility that I could grab some tickets for later that same day. Well, I allowed myself to get excited again about the prospect of being able to go. And when that morning finally arrived, I woke up early, logged on the website at about 6.45, confident that nobody would be up doing what I was doing. Well, boy, was I wrong. There ended up being no tickets available. I even kept logging on every few minutes and I kept refreshing the screen to see if any became available that I could just grab really quickly, but to no avail. Well, you guessed it. I was disappointed yet again. I finally gave up trying to snag those tickets and my friend and I decided to go ahead and still ride into DC. And we decided we would um, spend some time walking around the National Mall. So I resolved myself to the fact that it just wasn't going to happen this year either. So we got dressed, we got directions, we drove to the metro station, parked the car and hopped on for our ride into DC. We chose to just enjoy what we could while there. Press pause. Have you ever been so close to something but realized that being close enough is not good enough? You can see what you've prayed for. You're that close, but you're not close enough to experience it. That can be really frustrating and discouraging at best. Kind of like a cosmic joke. So anyway, we hopped the train and we rode into D.C. We were excited about sightseeing and on the ride, we chatted and tried to pay attention to the route so we would know when and where to hop off. So along the way, I felt God nudge me to check the website again. Huh? What? This is what I was thinking. It's well past the time when I'd be able to grab tickets. And this morning, clearly all the tickets have been accounted for. Why would I check again? Well, y'all, the impression was so strong that I went ahead and, and pulled up the website on my phone And lo and behold, tickets were available. Not just one, not just two. It was more than what I needed was available. It was unbelievable. I I was ecstatic. I quickly snagged them. I couldn't believe that we were actually going to be able to go to the museum after all. I was so happy about that. Pause again. Have you ever been so close to something but not close enough so you try to forget about it and choose something else? And just when you've resolved yourself to it not being your time to receive it, another door to that same something opens, rekindling your hope, your faith, and your courage to just keep pushing for it against the odds. Okay, press play. 
We got off the train and we started walking in the direction of the museum. We walked past the National Archives and other iconic buildings in the area. And we noticed that there were quite a few people there as well. But that, I mean, that's not abnormal because it is Washington, D.C. It's the National Mall, draws a lot of visitors. But there was something different. See, the Washington Nationals had just won the World Series and there was a parade that was scheduled on this same day. The parade was actually set to begin at two o'clock and that was close to the time that we were due to be in the museum. There were scads of people in red shirts and red ball caps and they were descending on the area. They were just coming out of nowhere, gathering in droves to witness the celebration There were so many people, y'all. A parade meant that the streets were blocked off and barriers were in place to contain and control the growing crowd. And my friends and I struggled to identify a path to the museum. It just started to get a little bit more challenging with the number of people who were starting to gather. Well, the funny thing is the museum was right inside. It was just a little ways down the street. It was not far at all. We just needed to get through the crowd. The problem was we couldn't get to where we were going very easily because the way was blocked. We had the tickets, but the way was blocked. I started to feel some discouragement just kind of creeping up inside of me, trying to take over. I just, it was just too difficult right now. Why was it so difficult? The museum was right there in full view. I I had the electronic tickets on my phone. Everything was set up for us to get into the museum, but we could not get to the museum. And as more and more people started to clog the area, we determinedly pushed through the crowd until we reached impasses. Over and over, this kept happening. I was starting to feel really discouraged. How could we have gotten this far without really making any progress to reach the place that we actually had the tickets now to get into? The difficulty of making it to the museum seemed a bit overwhelming. There were really a lot of people now, and they were really stacking up on both sides of the street. And by now, you know, the parade was, it was closer to the parade getting started It was getting harder and harder to press through the crowd or even see what our options were for getting across the street. Our entrance time on the tickets just kind of passed by as we just kept trying to press through the crowd. Would we ever make it? Would they even let us in if we, you know, finally were able to get there? Have you ever been so close to something and even received everything that you needed to access that something, but it still seemed out of your reach due to the constant obstacles meant to keep you from reaching it? In the midst of our difficulty, I heard God whisper, Jen, you have the tickets. You will get there. Just keep going. Keep pressing. Keep walking in the direction of the museum. You'll get there. I was encouraged in that moment. As I shared this message with my friend, and and we did just that, we kept going, we kept pressing, we pushed through that crowd, we asked for directions from a city worker, and she sent us on a longer, wider trek that seemed to take us out of the way. But this new path would eventually bring us to the right side of the street that the museum was on with no obstacles, 
and no barriers to stop us. It took us longer than expected. And it wasn't what we'd planned, but we were open to a new route that facilitated our desire to reach our destination, which was the museum. And when we reached, even though our entrance time had passed, we were able to show our tickets and walk right inside without having to stand in line or wait any longer than necessary. And let me tell you, our experience there was deeply memorable and invaluable. It was definitely worth the effort that it took to get there. Sometimes pushing forward against the odds is not solely about reaching a desired destination. Instead, it's about moving yourself past the fear of the unknown in order to achieve something that you didn't know you were capable of. I'm reminded of this as I reflect on yet another story. It was a few years back during an amazing opportunity that I had to travel within the Caribbean with the Cruise with a Mission organization. This incredible experience included visiting areas along a seven-day cruise to engage in service projects in the local communities. So one of our ports was specifically set aside as a play day where participants involved themselves in recreation and, and relaxation prior to the week's planned mission work. So our play day that year happened to be in Half Moon Key, a picture-perfect private island in the Bahamas. A crisp, brilliant blue sky oversaw rich blue and turquoise water. It was beautiful. The island with its shoreline, its beach and quaint structures was truly a panoramic scene of exquisiteness, second to none. In fact, it's one of my favorite spots in the Caribbean. Anyway, I would have been content to be a beach bum all day. However, following a conversation about going on an excursion with a few travel mates, an idea began tugging at my adventurous side. And we decided to go snorkeling. Well, I had never been snorkeling before and only had a vague idea about what it entailed. And I'd been told that all you had to do was lie in the water. No real swimming was necessarily required. And real is in air quotes, by the way. I'm not a good swimmer. In fact, you might not call what I'm able to accomplish in the water swimming at all. But that's another story for another time. Basically, I had limited information about what was actually required for a successful experience, even though I agreed to it. You know, I was driven by the combined excitement of my travel mates and myself, and I didn't give the need for more details very much consideration until it was time to board the boat that would actually take us out to the coral reefs. Imagine that. The day of is when I really start thinking about this thing. So on the way to the boat, I asked the attendant at the uh, little booth if you really had to know how to swim in order to snorkel. That was a great time to ask, right? So she just kind of looked at me with this you're not serious about life expression on her face. I, I kind of laugh as I think back to that because it was actually pretty funny. Then she informed me that we had just paid for the advanced snorkeling excursion. Oh my goodness. I immediately became unnerved. I didn't know this woman, but for some reason she felt it necessary in that moment to encourage me not to turn back. She, she said I should just, 
you know, go for it. You can do it. She instantly told me that she was the kind of person that did not give up easily and that she would personally speak to the snorkel personnel about providing me with some support so that I would still be able to enjoy the experience, even with my limited swimming skills. Now, here it is. This complete stranger is encouraging me to go. You know, I thanked her, but inside I was afraid. It suddenly felt like I was in over my head and I immediately recognized my mental fork in the road. I could bow out right now or I could go forth like an idiot. I thought about how safe and secure I would feel if I just stayed on the shore. I battled with whether or not I should turn back. But for some reason, I kept walking to the boat with my friends, just conflicted. Like I didn't even have the nerve to tell them, hey guys, I'm a little scared because I can't really swim. I should probably stay back and you guys go ahead and enjoy. But for some reason, I just didn't say anything. I just kept moving forward with them. I was scared about the unknown. And then to find out that this was an advanced snorkeling excursion. But I kept going. So I'm on the boat and I'm literally in a space where I realize that I've reached my personal point of no return. So at that point, I shared with friends that, listen, I don't swim well. I need you guys to look out for me. They were cool with that, you know, because I'd never snorkeled before and I had no idea what it would be like. Yet I had made the decision to move forward in order to find out. At this point, there was no going back. So they gave us directions on how to put on the snorkel equipment. I was nervous. They showed us how we would breathe in the water. I was nervous. They told us how to navigate in the water in order to see what was below the surface. I was nervous. But let me tell you, when I finally got into the water, I had been tethered to one of the excursion attendants, so there was no way that anything could happen to me out there. As long as I followed the instructions, I would be just fine with my non-swimming self. I mean, I could have taken the easy way out by staying behind, but then I would have missed out, y'all, on what turned out to be a once-in-a-lifetime, incredibly amazing, something you see on National Geographic, this undersea display of God's creatures. Gorgeous colors, different varieties of tropical fish and Beautiful coral structures, pictures, and video could not have compared to being right there in real time in the midst of all that beauty. Seeing it with my own two eyes, it was definitely worth the effort that it took to get there. You know, right now, you might currently find yourself at a mental, spiritual, or emotional fork in the road where it has become necessary to make a choice. You might be in a very vulnerable place, a space where you're facing the odds and you get to decide to push through or give up. Just reflecting on these two stories, sometimes it looks like things are not going to work out. Sometimes it seems as if the opportunity has passed and we're just going to miss out on this one. Or sometimes you might not feel like you belong there and you'll thrive there, that there's a place for you there, but that's just how it looks from our limited perspectives. The truth is there's nothing impossible with God. And on top of that, 
He created you to thrive. That simply means that even when things look a certain way, it doesn't limit God's ability to work it out with you in mind. He knows where we will grow the best. He knows those areas that will challenge us, but that won't hold us back. He knows our deepest needs and our most personal desires. He understands what makes us smile and what warms our hearts and what gets us excited. He knows what we need and he knows just how to get those needs of ours met in ways that are fulfilling. He is the giver of every good gift and nothing about us slips past his notice. These two stories serve as constant reminders that we can partner with God because he's already provided for our success. And what we can do, our part, is we can just keep pushing. It is not an easy thing to do by any stretch of the imagination. And sometimes when you want to stop, you just got to keep going. Like the morning that I headed into my neighborhood to tackle my workout, And I started out, as I typically do, with a brisk walk, which eventually turns into a jog, and I work to maintain a steady pace. It's a goal that I constantly work toward. Well, on this particular route, I typically encounter several areas where the road climbs, and it makes my run more challenging. And that day, I noticed on each incline that my legs begged me to slow down and my body entreated me to take it easy and my lungs pleaded with me to ease up on my gait. However, somewhere deep down inside of me, I recognized that interrupting the pace I had set prior to starting the inclines actually prepared me for the rigor of each hill. So the steady pace that I had set on level ground actually facilitated my ability to push through the hills that were ahead of me. So once I reached the top of the first hill, I felt like not only slowing my pace, but stopping my pace altogether in order to walk as I looked toward yet another hill that was just up ahead and around the corner. For some reason, the run that morning was really hard. And I started to think about how much ground I'd already covered without stopping. And I thought about how stopping now would actually set me back regarding how far I had already come in my training. I considered that I had done this before and that I could definitely do it again. I thought about the finish line and just how far away it seemed. And I wondered if I could make it. I was breathing so hard, feeling like my lungs would burst any minute. And everything within me was screaming for me to just please stop. Why was running this particular morning so hard? Why did I feel such a strong urge to slow down and stop altogether? It made logical sense to stop, actually. Stopping was reasonable. Why should I push myself this hard? Like, pushing myself this hard was uncomfortable. It was grueling. It wasn't the norm. This wasn't easy this morning. This was not desirable at this moment. Wait a minute. When circumstances are grim, when you're exhausted and it doesn't add up or make any sense, when you're all cried out, when you don't understand, when it wasn't supposed to turn out this way, when the consequences sting, when you're at the end of your rope, when you can't catch a break, when there's an army on every side, when there don't seem to be any answers, 
when all you have is a song in your heart, when you can't control everything around you, when stopping seems reasonable, when stopping seems logical, when stopping seems to make more sense, and when you feel like not only slowing your pace, but stopping your pace altogether, and when you realize that another hill is just up ahead or around the corner, think about how much ground God has empowered you to cover already. Think about how stopping now would actually set you back regarding how far you've come in your training. Keep the finish line in mind and know that you can make it even if you're breathing hard. Feel like your lungs will burst any minute and everything around you screams for you to stop. On this journey in life, you will routinely encounter inclines and barriers and obstacles or fear that will appear as obvious reasons to slow you down or to convince you to stop running, to convince you to stop moving forward. Whatever your inclines are, your barriers, your obstacles, your fears, let them challenge you. Let them spark your faith. Let them boost your endurance and let them push you past your limits toward the finish line. And when you want to stop, just keep going. And that's a story worth living. I'm so looking forward to sharing more stories with you, to connect with you, challenge you, and energize you. Stories create environments where we can learn valuable insights from each other's experiences. They represent our collective pain, joy, fear, faith, best days, and worst days. They unite us teach us, challenge us, delight us, and enable us to convey messages of hope in a complicated world. There's something to learn from someone else's story. They are countless lessons of faith, hope, and love. So why not take some time to consider your own story, then join us again for another story worth living.